everyone, and welcome to another episode of Chillin' in the State House, the chillest award-winning, award-winning podcast around. I am Andrew Ball, one half of the Chillin', well, one half of the Capitol Journal's State House gang, one third of the Chillin' gang. I'm joined, as always, by my colleague, Jason Tidd. Jason, how are you, sir? Doing well, thank you. And the final member of the Chillin' gang... John Hanna, the Associated Press. John, how are you, sir? Well, you know, Andrew, I flatter myself that everything is in apple pie order. <laughs> How's that for a reference? Okay. I don't get it, but... It's, it's, the, it's my opening line in my play, on stage now at the VFW. Yeah, well, we have to, we have to give you a chance to promote the drunkard. Yes. Um... Well, it's been a it's been a it's been a busy couple of weeks, but the, we we were talking about what we were going to podcast on before, and and really a lot of the activities of the last few weeks have been centered on Senate Bill One Eighty. <laughs> so this will be the third straight episode we talk about SB One Eighty. But but Jason, you have you have some other questions also in your mind. Well, we did just have Independence Day, so what was y'all's favorite firework? Definitely not the ones that were shot off right next to my house. Yeah, I was. I was going to say, as as uh, um, as somebody who uh, faced uh, getting up and going to work on Wednesday, um, uh, yeah, the ones that were going off at eleven thirty midnight, those were not my favorite. I like the big ones that you know just kind of blow out in a big, big. You know, fire, a uh, big flower pattern, and you know, red, white, and blue. I'm a sucker for red, white, and blue. And if they scream on the way up, that's cool too. See, I I just stayed home with the chihuahua under the blanket and the TV turned up higher. Uh, the, my my favorite firework was actually a month earlier the the sparkler send off at my wedding. Well, that would be a that, favorite. Yeah. Yes. I imagine Crumbles is not a fan of of fireworks. I, I imagine uh, chihuahuas are not a breed that is uh, is amenable to fireworks. Yeah, yeah, she didn't really enjoy the fireworks and I mean, it would be one thing if it was during like a 30 minute or hour long uh time frame but it was several hours over several days yeah i people in kansas have an infatuation with fireworks that i have not seen anywhere else i've lived like on fourth of july in topeka there is always like a haze hovering over the city of all the well, people we're just we're shooting just off patriotic it, it feels like lake shawnee and sherwood lake are firing at each other <laughs> and, 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 and topeka the war of war shawnee zone. county yeah yeah, yeah no. no man's land no dog's land yeah, and, and it didn't help for Crumbles that as soon as the fireworks ended, thunderstorm hit. And yeah, so, that that would be a bad day for. Yeah, yeah, I, our, you know, I've never known a, I've never uh, known anybody who is a dog owner who says that the dog likes fireworks. Yeah. Well, as there were fireworks lighting up the Fourth of July sky and the sky last night, because there's still people in my neighborhood shooting off the fireworks. People of South Topeka, stop! Isn't it, it illegal at this point? Yes, John, has that ever stopped him? No. <laughs> no. Uh, um, they're they're we, enjoying their freedom. Their freedom to illegally shoot off fireworks <laughs> at 1130 at night and disturb and Andrew Ball's sleep. I'm usually not asleep by 1130. 
30 anyway. So That's right. You are a night owl, are you not? Woo. He's also Woo. a morning owl. Woo. Woo. Uh, so the fireworks, they're in the night sky. You, 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 you're killing the segue, people. Uh, the fireworks in, in the, the night, night sky, sky not unlike the fireworks at the Shawnee County District Court. Badoom boom. Yes. Yes. John uh, and Jason, why don't you fill us in a little bit on some of those fireworks on Friday? That would have been, what, three days after 4th of July? Yes, three days after the 4th of July. Attorney General Chris Kobach filed a petition for a writ of mandamus which is latin yeah no that's all the latin i know that and quo waranto uh the, there I, I thought you also knew sua sponte that, okay so and and i can <laughs> i know what estoppel means too but anyway the point is this is a writ of mandamus which is a a petition from the attorney general to a court to compel a public official to do his or her duty as the attorney general sees it. Of course, this is an attempt to force the uh, administration, uh, although there was a lot of, the, the, it wasn't a very long uh, petition, and it did take some, uh, it did criticize the governor. It actually sues the head of the Division of Vehicles and the Secretary of Revenue, Rev the Department of Revenue being the parent agency for the Division of Vehicles, to get them to stop allowing transgender Kansas residents to change the listing for sex on their driver's licenses to align with their gender identities. And... Um, and so he filed that lawsuit. Uh, we can get to the interesting historical allusions in it, but uh, we just had a development today, Monday. Uh, District Judge Teresa Watson uh, honored his request for a temporary uh, injunction. Temporary restraining order. Restraining order. order. That's right. We don't want to mess up these fancy fancy legal terms John, here you, you went out hot with your legal knowledge and and now you're coming back to earth a little bit coming back to earth because an injunction is different than a restraining order a restraining order is very temporary it remains in effect for two weeks or essentially until she has the first hearing in the case and of course she can extend it or make it uh, keep it in effect until the lawsuit is resolved at least in district court and this temporary order was issued before the governor's administration or the Department of Revenue even had a chance to enter an appearance in the case. Yes, and that that is allowed if if a judge feels there will be re irreparable, irreversible, irreparable harm. Um, and in this case, Judge Watson declared that there would. Uh, driver's licenses are a matter of public safety. Uh, and law enforcement uses them to find suspects and crime victims and others. And well, because you only renew them argued. once every, what, six years, that it is irreparable harm because you'd have to wait six years to... Right. There's there's no, as, as Chris Kobach pointed out in a news conference, there's no way the state can compel you to give up a, a, a driver's license that you have that is valid. So it's not it's not like it, his argument is the state has to go back and undo these uh, gender marker changes uh, in its records. But it can't demand that people 
with those driver's licenses with the with the sex the listing for sex aligned with their gender identities he said they can't the state can't go back and demand that they turn them in and get new ones well and I don't mean to prejudge what will happen in the case uh, at all, but it is safe to say, I think, that based off past history, the attorney general will probably have a somewhat sympathetic uh, ear uh, of, or a somewhat sympathetic judge in Judge Watson based well, off how the, she the, is. The fact that in she the went ahead and in, uh, issued the uh, temporary restraining order uh, with. I mean, I mean, there's been no hearing, uh, only the barest recitation of the facts, uh, a very short affidavit from from Kobach's office suggests that, you know, yeah, suggests that she at least sees the need to step in and 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 tell the State Department of Revenue to stop allowing these changes. And the governor's administration can. Uh, do a filing to try to uh, object to this order. And then she has to have a hearing pretty quickly. Yes. And then uh, presumably the judge would not reverse herself. And at that point, the next hearing would be on the temporary injunction request. And presumably, if the judge was okay with a temporary restraining order, she will also be okay with a temporary injunction. And Judge Watson has a track record of siding with the more conservative causes, but isn't always so successful at seeing her orders remain in place once they are appealed. Yeah. And uh, it's sounding like we're going to be spending a lot of time in Shawnee County District Court over the next couple of weeks. Well, and, and, and who knows how long this will take. I mean, y- you know, you're going to you're going to get into uh, uh, the, one of the things a trial allows you to do is build a record. Well, how long is, for example, discovery going to take? How long is the trial itself going to take? Um, you know, how expedited is this going to be? I mean, in in theory, if if the if uh, the state is going to be under an order not to allow transgender people to change their driver's licenses. There's no incentive or need for the attorney general's office to press for a, a, an ex- especially speedy resolution of this case. And, you know, it's, it's pretty clear this law is going to end up before the state Supreme Court eventually. Well, and and I think it is kind of interesting that, um, correct me if I'm wrong, John, this could have been filed directly with the Supreme Court, but the fact that it wasn't does suggest there will be some degree of fact-finding. It does, and and the Supreme Court can take something like this if it feels the only issue is the constitutionality of the law or, or something it has full review over, but if it needs to sort out the facts, it, it does sometimes send these petitions to lower court to to sort those things out. And we should we should remind people that this law, the the heart of this law is a definition of male and female based on your uh, biological reproductive system at birth, basically the sex identified at birth, and that legally your sex does not change. Now we've been 
sometimes people use sex and gender interchangeably. They're not quite the same thing. Uh, Sex tends to be more about biology, whereas gender is a social construct, the, the collection of what society expects you to be as male or female or uh and what this what this law means is is that legally the state essentially is not going to legally recognize transgender people's gender identities you are you are what you were identified as at birth um so you know that that raises some interesting that's going to raise some interesting legal and constitutional questions and it it could be interesting to see whether those whether kelly's uh, governor kelly's people and the department of revenue raised those issues um we we don't know yet because we 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 have not seen a response from the administration yet a formal response filed in court and equally, we should say we have not seen any sort of formal response in because we've been talking this whole time about driver's licenses. The question of how this same issue applies on birth certificates is one we've discussed before on this podcast. But basically, there was a federal court. There was a consent decree entered in 2019. We are under a federal court order at the time. Uh, there has been no updates, substantive updates in that case. So I'm. So yeah, I the only two the minutes only, ago, but the, yeah, I I checked, uh, and the only thing that happened that somebody who had worked for the attorney general's office, but no, who no longer does, withdrew as an attorney Friday, I think. But but Attorney General Kobach, uh, his office did seek to reopen that case and basically amend the consent uh, order to basically to get rid of the policy, to get right. rid of the requirement that the state has to let people change their their. Uh, their uh, the sex listing on their birth certificates what's what's interesting to me is that if the attorney general succeeds in all of this kansas would be a relative outlier in terms of not allowing people to amend their birth certificates or their driver's licenses, or in this case, both. Uh, I believe there are only two other states that have that policy, Montana and Tennessee. Oklahoma does have a policy imposed by their governor uh, against changing uh, birth certificates but not driver's licenses, Although as soon as they hear that, uh, Republicans down there hear that on this podcast, they'll probably go, well, how did we miss that <laughs> well, and work on it? We should say Oklahoma is the only other state, as far as I am aware, where at least one chamber of their state legislature has passed the functionally the same law as SB 180 or bill as SB 180. I don't know what number it well, is there, but the, I believe that the Oklahoma Senate passed their version of the Women's Bill of Rights. I don't think the house ever got to it and i don't think any other state has actually acted well montana montana did not do the the text is not similar montana went through several dozen sections of its uh code uh legal code and uh 
and it started with a, a similar definition of male and female, and then it literally went through, I think it was 40 sections of its code, every, essentially pretty much everywhere where it talks about male and female, and added a little line that says, as defined in this, and North Dakota has uh, a similar, uh, has a similar thing uh, that applies to several uh, codes, and I also recall that at one point South Carolina had a proposed amendment to its state constitution, but I don't know that that went anywhere. But no, in terms of in terms of the exact text here, no, Kansas is is somewhat unique. Now, if you talk to the human rights campaign, they'll say there are a handful of these states, and they're all unique in their own way. But I mean, pretty as I as I mentioned above, and I and and Kobach and supporters of this new law basically acknowledged this during a news conference toward the end of June when he outlined his legal opinion. Under this new law, the state there is no legal recognition for transgender people. It does not recognize your gender identity. You are, as I said, you are what you were assigned at birth. And, um, and so LGBTQ advocates call it an erasure law, that it's, you know, the, arguably it's designed to erase trans people from society and, you know, try to make their lives so much more uncomfortable that they'll essentially go back in the closet. One obviously this is a very quickly moving situation mm-hmm. so we probably by the time we sit down again on Friday or later this week we'll have more updates to share but I don't want to change gears too much but I do want to toss it over to you Jason uh, on the different function of the Department of Revenue uh, which is collecting, collecting tax revenues yeah. right I, I gotta say I think it is so weird that in Kansas the uh, Driver's license offices are under the Department of Revenue. Where, where else would you put them, though? Uh, where else? I've I, Everywhere I've lived, it's always been under Department of Transportation. Interesting. So, that's an aside. The, weird, the weirdness of state government. But uh, on the other uh, function of the Department of Revenue, Jason, the fiscal year ended July 1st. So, that's maybe two podcasts ago. <laughs> uh, what what where were we at as far as how much money we're pulling in and uh, what did all the various politicians make of that? Well, so taxpayers, uh, you, me, uh, everybody in Kansas or who visited Kansas or paid compensating use taxes to Kansas, uh, we all collectively paid ten point two billion with a B dollars to state government in the past fiscal year. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. And a record. It is a lot more money than expected. Uh, so Kansas, at two points in the year, makes revenue projections in April and November. And then last June, they also updated their April projections based off of legislation that passed. So based off of the revenue projections at the time we started the fiscal year, compared to the actual revenue collected, it was a difference of $874 million. Uh, So $874 million than expected was collected in the past fiscal year. And and remind us what, I mean, we're we're still waiting for 
uh, the Department of Revenue and the Legislative Research Department to come up with the final number for what the ending balance, the uh, outstanding balance in the Treasury was. Yeah, but so we don't know exactly what the budget surplus was, but we know we have a budget surplus. I mean, not a small one either. It's it, like we're talking Scrooge McDuck, like swimming in the yeah. I mean, you know, like coins, spitting like, them out of his yeah, mouth. like and and the rainy day fund adding even more. Coins. That's right. I mean, it's like the governor and the and the lieutenant governor are taking all those golden shovels they brag about and and just like you know dollar bills floating all over the place. Well, well that's definitely... The that's an image I like. I'm sure that's not happening, but... That, that That's the visual that Republican legislators would want you to have. Uh, they think that all this money is sitting there with Kelly and Toland on top of it, wanting to hoard the wealth for themselves like some Lord of the Rings dragon. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I knew we would get sooner or later we got to Lord of the Rings, but I, uh, I, I guess Disney Plus is more my uh, uh, area to go to. So maybe some Mythosaur, Mythosaur from Mandalorian. OK, uh, well, that works, too. But yeah, I, I mean, immediately uh, the top two Republicans in the legislature. Uh, Dan Hawkins and and Ty Masterson issued statements saying, you know, this this is a sign of how the the administration vetoed reasonable tax the, relief. The Kelly Tolan administration. The Kelly. You'll notice that's right. That yes. Lieutenant Governor they, they, David. They've very Toland. much been emphasizing the, Toland in that well, potential and, gubernatorial hopeful. Yes, I mean it, it's always kind of amusing that it goes from being the Kelly administration to the. This is what happens in a second term when the governor is term limited uh republicans and this happens in both parties of course that they start to look around for the potential heir apparent and that person becomes a target as well of any criticism but, but maybe it's giving him more name recognition than he would otherwise have that that is a argument. that is that is the potential downside anyway their argument is is that the governor had a perfectly reasonable tax cutting bill on her desk and and vetoed it it was the one that would have gone to a f flat income tax basically one one rate after a certain level of income and some other things were in there and and it was dramatically killed in a motion to reconsider when Senator Rob Olson of Olathe, a Republican, changed his vote. And at any rate, the tax revenues are piling up in the in the metaphorically. I think it's all electronic now, but but uh, uh, electronically, not not a literal pot of money, but a, a yeah. I mean, all of us would like to one. like to. They probably wouldn't let the three of us near the pile of money if, if it actually existed as paper money. And while Republicans might view this as a sign that taxes are too high, uh, it was how did Vermin Supreme say it? Or or was there a different uh, I thought he French was, candidate who... I thought like, Vermin like, Supreme was trying to give everyone a pony. Maybe it was yeah. the, the, the rent is too darn high party. At, at some point uh anyway uh well republicans may take it as taxes are too high and relief is needed democrats might view this as the economy is doing well under the kelly toland administration and that is why tax revenues are higher than projected well and look this the the economy is a complicated 
complicated thing. I mean, clearly one of the things that is one of the things that is a factor in this is that um, there has been some in, some inflation for a while for back months ago there the inflation rates were as high as they were in the night in the early 1980s and you know that inflates the cost of goods which inflates sales tax revenues um and and other things like that so that was a factor yes the the economy is is at least clipping along but smoothly it's mostly corporate income taxes yeah. that are the driver of the increased tax receipts mm-hmm. and uh, one wonders what the uh, progressive slash socialists think of that. Um, but it, 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 the I don't think Democrats disagree that there isn't some room or a lot of room for tax relief. They just don't they don't want to do it as a flat uh, a flattening of the income tax. Well, I think you I think it would be impossible to find a elected official in this building who opposes tax cuts this next session. Yeah. The, the issue is going to be, you know, and that, and, and over the years, how- over the years, that's what's always amused me about legislative debates over taxes in the budget, because Republicans will come down to the mic and talk about how hard it is to cut taxes, you know, how hard it is to do that as the right thing, as opposed to just spending money because everybody, no, cutting taxes is easy. It's, it's the easiest thing to do in politics because everybody loves it. I mean, who, who, I mean, if you went to the car dealer expecting to pay however much for a car and the car dealer said, you know what, your car is going to cost you 10% less. You'd love that, right? Well, that's what, that's what a tax cut is. Hey, you've got this state government thing and it's going to cost you a little less than you thought. You're going to have more money in your pocket. Uh, I mean, we have the legislature set up a special interim tax committee we don't have a meeting date for it yet they they have two dates and the expectation is that this committee will formulate yeah, a plan uh, and for the, the next session and it's going to be so much radically different than the plans we've seen uh uh at the last couple of years yeah, i mean I, they, you, they, you they they're, they're they're going to spend hours and hours coming up with incredibly new ideas that nobody has thought of before if the past (laughs) or are they just going to take testimony that reinforces their existing beliefs and positions if the past week of commentary from elected officials on the tax receipts is any indication the special committee and then next legislative session are going to be essentially a repeat of this past year of tax debates. The same issues, the same tax-cutting proposals, the same proponents, the same opponents. Well, and the notion that tax policy is like some well-planned-out like policy. I mean, it, tax proposals are basically cobbled together on the back of a napkin at the 11th hour every session. Right. And so the notion and, that we need dumped an- into one, two or three bills. So there are these, there are these, uh, these, uh, amalgams of stuff 
Um, and, you know, the idea is, is that the governor gets a bill where she likes some of it and she doesn't. And they, you know, does she veto it? And then do can Republican leaders get a two thirds majority based on what's in and what's out of the bill? And and so that's yeah, I mean, we're not we're not talking about an in-depth study of the tax system going all the way through it. And which some know, Republicans Senator Karen Tyson would over love. the years, yeah, they would love to do that. Um, They're also the ones in charge of doing this and never seem to go about it that way. Well, you know, first of all, the way the way the legislature does interims, it's not amenable to that. Um, you're not getting a committee that's going to the same committee that's going to work the bill during the session having days and days and days or you know a solid week or two or three weeks of hearings and testimony and bringing in experts and all of that that's not what happens it's like you know if you're lucky five or six days um, and you spend all day you know basically listening to the same people tell you the same stuff they're going to tell you during the legislative session when you take the bill and give it to a committee that is basically going to repeat everything the interim committee did um and tell then, us how you really feel John. <laughs> and and then that committee in the senate is going to meet an hour a day and you know uh, senator tyson this past year was frustrated because her committee got more tax bills than i think she said than it really ever had before and so it was like this treadmill where were they were trying to get everything heard and put together and all that the house uh, they meet they meet in the afternoon and they have like two hours but it, it's still the same issue and yeah i mean the one difference with tax debate this year is that we have lines in the sand now we know that republicans aren't going to do a tax cutting proposal without a flat tax and we know the governor isn't going to sign one with it and last year at this time well basically last year up until the last week or two of session we didn't really know if the governor was willing to compromise on a sure. flat tax and, or not. And, and a lot of this, look, a lot of this is going to be about the 2024 elections when all these legislative seats are going to be on the ballot. And, you know, Republicans are basically one of the key issues they're probably going to run on is, you know, if you give us more Republicans, a couple more Republicans in the legislature, you could have had this. Now, you also might have gotten this conservative law if you're in johnson county over here that you aren't wild about but look at what you would get over here in the way of tax cuts and and again this is a you know this is a deal in state government when the balances get high now they've never been physically higher than they are now you know people start to look around and say you know two things well, we've got all these needs over here that are going unmet, and we've got all this money. And then you've got people, you've got, on the other side, you've got legislators and people out in the countryside going, well, why are you collecting all that money you're not using? If you're not using it, why can't I keep it and, you know, fix the roof on my house, uh, help pay for my daughter's college education, uh, all of that kind of stuff. A really interesting debate, also one that will be evolving in the weeks and months to come. And if you want more information on all the twists and turns of everything we talked about today, Jason, where can where can people find that? You can find it from cjonline.com. And we are on Twitter at 
CJ Online at uh, CJ Online on Instagram. You can like us on Facebook. I don't think we are on Threads yet. Uh, unclear if we will be. It is another app, and we're all kind of getting tired of other apps. John, if people want to find your work, where can that happen? Well, uh, I'm on Twitter at at APJD Hannah, and then uh, the AP is at www.apnews.com and uh, you go to the search bar and you type in Kansas and you'll get Kansas news. Um, We have a new uh, public face and it's got better graphics and it's easier to share our stories and stuff like that. Uh, Yeah, I know. Um, it, it It is a really nice interface, but, you know, I'm a cranky old reporter, so... When we Give lo- me the paper. We you love know? you for it, John. If you want to listen to back episodes where uh, we are all cranky reporters sometimes, uh, you can find those on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. You know you want to listen to the 81 episodes. Oh, of course you do. This. Of course you do. They're fabulously entertaining and informative. That's why we're award winning. <laughs> By by the way, Jason does does a Mandalorian reference count as a as the obligatory Disney reference? Yes, yeah. it's on Disney. Plus. Well, wait, wait, wait! You you made a Scrooge McDuck reference, oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's a sort of a classic Disney or classic ish Disney. And Mandalorian is Star Wars, and Star Wars are, is Disney because everything is Disney now. Yeah. <laughs> Except they seem to be having trouble with uh, uh, like getting people to go to the Pixar movies now. Really? They, they, yeah. Uh, Ele- what is it? Elemental didn't open that big, and I mean, I, I've been reading like the movie news, and it's kind of funny because uh, the latest Indiana Jones movie had an opening of seventy million dollars, and that was described as <laughs> lackluster. I'd like to, <laughs> I'd like to live, I'd be in a place where to me seventy million dollars was lackluster, but you know, those movies cost a lot to make. I've seen conflicting things on Elemental. I, I'm not too sure about the business side. Looks interesting to watch. I'll, I'll wait until it's on Disney Plus, though. See, that's the problem. Sa- same as, they want you to go to the theater and have the Little immersive Mermaid. experience. Think of the popcorn, Jason. Yeah. Think of the popcorn. See, I don't. The thing is, I saw the original Little Mermaid, the 1989 animated film, like. I'm going to guess approximately a thousand times. So, uh, and the the same thing with the Lion King. So, why would I go and see essentially a shot for shot remake with live people? Why would I do that? I know the story. I know where. I mean, it's like it's like theater critics who have to review a, another production of Oklahoma. You know, it's like uh, or Cats. It's like, oh God, no. You know. Well, the last Disney cruise that I went on, my now wife and I uh, dressed up as I was Flounder and she was Sebastian. So I think we still have those costumes, uh, and maybe we'll wear those and. I think you should to, wear them uh, to, to the, the state house just on the floor. Wear your flounder costume on the floor of the, the, the you know, or or sit in the Senate gallery wearing your flounder costume. Would maybe, that be a silent protest that you're in the gallery maybe, and not on the floor? Maybe if they have a hearing on some fishing bill or something. A state fish. Do we have one? I think we have a state. Do we have a state fish? I'll have to go look. Isn't it a catfish? 
The channel catfish? Or was it not because that's a bottom feeder? Right. Actually, that may have been the problem. The two high school teachers almost getting into a fist fight in the hall because one of them called the catfish a scum-sucking bottom feeder. And was the other like a the Topeka? Topeka Shiner, yes, as I recall. I think that might be on like the endangered or something similar. See list. now, this is this is the deal. If if you're a teacher out there and you're preparing for the new school year and your goal is to get something named a state symbol, don't. Uh, well, if you feel you have to, like you should have to post it on social media so that somebody can come up with a rival proposal and you can nearly get into a fist fight in the hall. That would make a good story, actually. I yeah. encourage people to do that. Um, anyway. <laughs> I like how the podcasts have gotten increasingly longer and longer to wrap up. <laughs> anyway, yes. Um, I guess maybe next week we'll also be talking about Senate Bill 180. The, the, That's okay. You know, but... Um, it's I mean, news. surely there will be more court news out of that. Rule number one, whatever happens in, in state government, the lawyers get rich. Jason. Andrew. John. Andrew. Jason. Gentlemen, a pleasure as always. Would you say we do this again in a few days, probably with sure. some more SB180 court news? Yes. I'm sure there will be something happening on that. Well, we will see you then, folks. Have a great week. <laughs>